0: hello hello welcome back to our ace podcast i'm your host erica chavez and today we have a very very special guest japani Dong. hey <laughs> japani so you are a senior yes graduating this is your last semester i know i'm scared i'm scared i'm gonna miss you <laughs> okay, okay. let's not cry um but so you're a bioinformatics major mm-hmm. how's that
1: I'm loving it. I I will say just, like, I love the fact that I changed my major because I wouldn't be happy where I was freshman year if I didn't.
0: So what was your freshman year major?
1: I was a biochem major because I came in not knowing if I liked bio or chem. Yeah. And, I mean, this is, like, the most stereotypical thing. And I was like, oh, I'm going to love it, right? Yeah. And I realized how much I did not like the cohort, mm-hmm. the professors, um, and, like, just the course content because, like, when you're a biochem major, it's, like – more chemistry than biology mm-hmm. and i could not live with the fact or the idea that i'd take three three-hour labs my yep. junior year and that frightened me because chem 105 lab was already hard
0: enough <laughs> anyways oracle lab is getting like a little bit annoying Oh,
1: well, you're doing oracle lab in person, I don't even know how you can do that in person. I <laughs> it's just tedious.
0: Like, it's too much. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because, like, I came in wanting to be a bio major, mm-hmm. chemistry minor, just because I didn't know which one I wanted either. I don't know why I thought that that was, like, a normal thing, mm-hmm. but it definitely isn't. But now I'm a bio major. I'm glad. So bioinformatics. When I think of that, I think of biology and coding. What is it really?
1: So it's an interdisciplinary major, that basically consists of biology, chemistry, Mm -hmm. coding, statistics, um, I would say those in combination. um, And like, we kind of just use it in a, we could use it in multiple aspects. So Mm -hmm. like a lot of people in our field will go into um, you know, data sciences or more computer sciences, um, a lot of us will go into, like, big corporations where we do a lot of research, mm-hmm. uh, people go into public health, so it, it's, like, a very wide variety just yeah. because of where our major touches.
0: Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. That's cool, that's cool. Um, what was I going to ask you? What did you say before public health? I get. I mean,
1: I mean, oh my god. I
0: literally don't even remember. It's something. I don't know. What was I going to ask? Like,
1: like, like, because the the major itself, like, like, going to data sciences, coding, like, all that, I think that's what I just said. Yeah, yeah,
0: there was. So, like, coding with that. Is it, like, like, statistics coding? Like, what is coding? Because in my head, I'm thinking about the one, like, coding class I took in high school where I was building a rocket ship. Like. (laughs) I wish it was like that, but it's it's not. But, like,
1: I mean, some of my courses do require, like, coding in R for stats um, courses. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some of my other classes require Python coding, which mm-hmm. it will be primarily used for um, uh, bioinformatics majors, mm-hmm. um, coding in Python, and how to apply biology into the coding aspect. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us will learn how to code. Like, how do you change like your ATGCs into codons and then make it into this giant like pdf file and like there you go you've transcripted your whole entire genomic dna right there yeah that's that's what we do a lot that is
0: crazy it's
1: a lot of work
0: i can see that it really interests you you literally just lit up like by talking about that it's just like
1: so cool because like (laughs) we don't really talk about that science behind that
0: yeah um
1: like i think just like The concept of genes is a really cool thing. And, I mean, what? It it took us, like, 50 years or so Mm -hmm. to get our whole human genomic DNA to be, you know, readable for us. And that happened in the early, what, like, 2000, late Mm -hmm. 1990s. And that's realistically what? We were born, like, 20 years ago. And (laughs) the fact that we just found that out is kind of like a crazy topic.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I am taking genetics class right now. And it is so, like mind-boggling mm-hmm. our dna like seeing like the the hdna the triple helix it's, like being like no way that this can actually happen like the way that are just our bodies just know how to do yep. that we've been learning about like how different like like ccag or like differently things like that lead to like different diseases and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i'm like it's literally just one letter like it's you're just moving you a letter
1: one, you move one letter and something could be off but i mean and nothing everyone yeah. has their own imperfections, yeah, but not every single thing is turned on, yes so
0: yeah um, I was going to ask you I remember my question, are you interested in research like with bioinformatics yes,
1: I just like the research field of bioinformatics is kind of interesting because you could either do a lot of bench work, so a lot of yeah. lab work where you, you know, do the, the quantitative DNA mm-hmm. analysis, the PCRs, the agro gel runs, PC runs uh, PCR runs, um, but you can also do, like, a variety of, like, other things, such as, like, more, like, lo- like field work where you do um, GIS systems. Mm-hmm. You go out and, like, do plant uh, plant and soil, like, samples um, and mm-hmm. all that, but, I mean, you could really just go work in the healthcare field, and if you mm-hmm. want to become, like, a person who works in the lab, that mm-hmm. like treats like people or has to diagnose people if they have like a certain type of bacteria in their body mm-hmm. that can be cured with like another like um medication mm-hmm. so like it, it really just goes like so many aspects yeah. that like even in terms of research like you really could go anywhere do be- anything yeah because like we are since it's an interdisciplinary major we end up learning so many little tidbits mm-hmm. that when we come together and we with all of that like material information we've learned,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: we end up applying it into different things as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So the route that you're going is pharmacy. Yeah. And right now you're a farm tech. Yes. At at where? At Mariana's. Mariana's. I know. How has that been?
1: It has been amazing. I think I just have like a wonderful team to be mm-hmm. working with. Two wonderful pharmacists as well. Um, they just care so much about mm-hmm. um, the staff. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't think I – it's weird because, like, I was originally supposed to have a job at CVS and, like, you know, people talk about, like, how they're treated at CVS working as a pharmacy technician or, like, even as a pharmacist. And it kind of, like, you know, is crazy. Um, so, like, being at Mariano's and, like, um, knowing that, like, I have a pretty, like, secure job yeah, is, like, great to know.
0: Mm-hmm. That is, that's really cool. How did you... So I don't know like how to become a farm tech. Mm-hmm. I have literally no knowledge of that. Like, yeah. step one, what do I do?
1: So you don't need to get your license before getting a job.
0: So Whoa. you can
1: just apply for a pharmacy mm-hmm. technician position, most likely not at a hospital, but more yeah. of a retail. Um, and they will get you onboarded. Mm-hmm. So once you get that job, they'll get you onboarded. You actually will get you'll pay for your license through Mm -hmm. whatever state you're in um you get you'll pay for your license and it will be valid for two years
0: yeah
1: and um within those two years you will learn how Mm -hmm. to dispense how to basically do the math behind like all the medications and like uh like certain like laws Mm -hmm. um that you kind of have to go through but then um, at a certain point you 'll have to do a continuing education world where, where it goes more in depth about the medications mm-hmm. how like about like specific medications and then you get to take an exam that makes you officially a pharmacy technician, but that means you still get the license yeah. and you 're still learning as you
0: work mm-hmm. that's that 's really cool so end goal for you
1: i 'd love to go to pharmacy
0: school yes. so that 's the plan yeah. yes do you, so pharmacy school so you get so You're a pharmacy... What's the word? Pharmacist. A pharmacist. (laughs) I was thinking about it. I was like, what is it? A pharmacist. Yeah. So that's, like, really cool. I... Okay. I love... As much as I love chemistry in Mm Orgo, I hate, like, thinking about, like, what this does. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, this is a molecule. Like, what is this going to do for me? You know? Yeah. That, like, is just too crazy for my mind.
1: It's, like... So when, like, I started learning about all these medications... Like, it's kind of weird because, like, we don't really think about our bodies and the drug-to-drug interactions that we have, and, like, the more I, like, sit down and learn about, like, what, like, statins and, like, thyroid medications and, like, blood pressure, Mm -hmm. any, like, literally every single um, antibiotic under the sun. I mean, all the erythromycin, trecocycline. um doxycycline amoxicillin like <laughs> i could start like n- naming yes. stuff and no one would literally know but like all these medications like you start learning about like how they function in your body mm. and like why like wh- why some yeah. of them could be dangerous because yeah once when we're dispensing certain medications that mm. are like let's say like it's a pretty old medication i always remember it because it's warfarin warfarin yeah. is a is rat poison in small <laughs> doses and it's actually a blood thinner um so we always have to clean off our dispensing mm-hmm. tablets because if we were to dispense another medication that medication touches that that affects the next person that is crazy so we are very hyper fixated about the details you're because, trusted yeah we're trusted because that's like a very crucial step mm-hmm. so like um when you're at the pharmacy there's uh there's like a bajillion steps to go mm-hmm. through there's about like 10 of them um, yeah. And, like, whether it goes through data entry, it goes to a pre-there, mm-hmm. that gets checked by the pharmacist, it could go into, uh, a, um, it could be stopped by insurance, it could yeah. then go into dispensing, after mm-hmm. that it still goes to a second verification,
0: yeah. and it
1: still goes through all the processes, And we, because we don't, we're trying to avoid, mm-hmm. you know, breaking the law, and, like, of course, yeah. like, avoiding any, like, breaking law with HIPAA, so... I mean it's a big thing. It's this it's is a big, big
0: responsibility. Yeah. I my thing is like I would love to do this just for the knowledge. Mm-hmm. But my I would be so scared. Okay. I
1: mean oh the first day so they threw me into like they threw me in. Yeah. I had no clue what was going on. And I finished my training that day and yeah. they're like oh like HR was like do you want to go to the pharmacy and just like watch what they do and I end up working the whole entire day yes. and like I had no clue what was going on like I had no scrubs that day I was just wearing yeah. my normal clothes so it was super awkward <laughs> um, but like yeah I was just like where I, I had to relearn my alphabet every mm. single time I go to the pharmacy and like because the drugs are like right next to each other yeah. and they're all alphabetized but like yeah you go into the a section but the a section is like 20 shelves so it's like you're like okay i need to look at a t and you're like a b c d of j k i'm yeah. like okay 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 a t atenolol okay yeah. there we go so i yeah I that s- is
0: so cool yeah so i we all have like this big reason like why we want to go into like our passions right mm-hmm. obviously it's just a passion of ours but what is your big reason for like why pharmacy
1: I think pharmacy school for me is more than just I feel like a lot of people think like well yeah it makes a lot of money here Mm -hmm. we go yeah sure but I think one of the biggest differences that comes down to me is that so growing up I think so my family has Mm -hmm. just a little bit about me my family has Um, problems with our kidneys Uh, we we a lot of us are type 2 diabetics Mm -hmm. so even for myself I'm pretty cautious about what I eat or what I do but um, so as most of my family immigrated here Mm -hmm. their whole diets changed Uh, my family ended up getting pretty bad cholesterol but my grandmother specifically ended up getting type 2 diabetes and um, at that point like yeah we were on Medicare Mm -hmm. or Medicaid, depending on our age. Mm -hmm. And that really took a big impact because medications don't always get covered. And when we really talk about accessibility, um, it's not really attainable in the pharmaceutical company because we, well, I would say their corporation is more money profiting rather Mm -hmm. than trying to find uh, a sufficient way to help our community Um, So, when I see patients come in and they're paying, you know, a whole, their whole, like, it's a whole car loan, it hurts, and I feel bad, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I would want to be a part of a community that can advocate for those, that gives accessibility Mm -hmm. towards medication, because no one should worry about Mm -hmm. um, how much their insulin costs, Yep. I mean, right now, I know it was recently changed for anyone who's on Medicare, um, and you're 65 and above, it costs, what, $25 or $35 a month yep. um, under um, the change of our administration. And so, I mean, yes, that's really good, but we also have to consider those who are under 65 um, that may be paying out of pocket. Yep. Uh, so it's that's what drives me, is mm-hmm. seeing people... Be worried about if they are even going to be able to live the next month.
0: Afford a medication that, that is necessary lethal. for life.
1: Like, like, the fact that it's, it's necessary so for bad. life. And that's what just drives me because, like, it takes one, yeah, it takes one person Yeah, to also take one step. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if there's so many people in one community, yep. as they say, like, a whole village can do something. Yes. So I really emphasize that and... That's, like, something that just drives
0: me so much. I love that. This is, like, I see this a lot in a lot of our minority youth wanting to go into medicine, like, seeing our family struggle, like, with um, Medicare, Medicaid, all that. I am actually on Medicaid, but I've experienced this where I have to go to other hospitals Mm -hmm. for other things. Like, when I got, like, something so little as getting my wisdom teeth taken out when I was younger, I had to go to the student hospital at UIC where the students did it, just to get it for free and that like just right there if someone needed a big surgery you know like where would they go or what what would be like that you know
1: I mean like when we really talk about that we talk about like elective like surgeries that doctors will take up um pro bono stuff where Mm -hmm. like it's on the house but like no one could just uh no one some people can't just do that especially with like the fact that like these surgeries are costing like Mm -hmm. you know more than like like 50k or more well they're
0: charging a lot Love, for a band-aid a
1: lot of band-aids right there <laughs> um and like no I understand yeah. where you're coming from because weirdly enough so when I was supposed to take out my wisdom teeth which yeah. I have not they've been every single dentist that I've gone to they're like you don't you're good you don't need it yeah. and I'm like I'm pretty sure I need it yeah um but yeah I was supposed to go to UIC for yes. my dental uh for surgery because um no one else would take my insurance. Mm. And that was one of the biggest problems. I still run into that problem where no one yeah. will
0: take my insurance. It's it's scary, especially for like people who don't have insurance through their job or mm-hmm. can't literally can't afford it. Yeah, it it like it really it breaks my heart, honestly, mm-hmm. seeing people struggle with basic necessities for life. I yeah. Mean, we're thinking about, like, housing and food in another way, but I'm really thinking about, like, someone has, like, a medication that they need to buy, and they literally just can't afford it. Yeah. It's right there, and they literally can't afford it.
1: It's just, I don't know, like, there are a few medications I could list off, like, for example, Eliquis mm-hmm. is a heart medication that I believe that once you get a heart attack, you take for the rest of your life, and that yep. medication per bottle is 30 tablets. costs about $500 a month. It's Insane. Can you imagine a medication that saves your life every single day yeah. costing $500 a month?
0: It's it's a lot. It's kind of crazy. I was going to ask you what change you need, you want to see in pharmacy as you um, grow into this field and make it your own. And I guess this is really it, but is there anything else that you want to see? I really want to see the public health side of this
1: because yeah. we, we talk about... The well like two things we talked about the over dispensing antibiotics um, mm-hmm. we have been in a world where we've created a lot of antibiotic resistant bacteria yep. and that's caused us a lot of problems I mean a tremendous amount of problems when it comes down to fighting against mm-hmm. like other bacterial um, you know diseases that we may uh, like we may attain and we really have to consider like how do we go forward about whether it be making new medication or I mean finding better ways or options to help with people who are symptomatic mm-hmm. and need you know a way to alleviate their mm-hmm. um, their current symptoms but also going into this is like a big thing because I'll talk a little bit about, about my family as yeah. well um, so uh, talking about the overuse of opioids is yep. something that is a serious talk mm-hmm. um, We were in a day and age where doctors would just dispense out Mm -hmm. um, controlled substances um, and that caused a big problem because we went to this opioid crisis where people who were on it became dependent on it and Mm -hmm. it 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 caused a a spiral towards a lot of people's lives of course but you know going to my family um i will say like some of my family members have definitely experienced Mm -hmm. that And so seeing that made me question, well, are there better ways to um, find therapies towards, you know, pain? But at the same time, are there better ways to manage and control substances within our lives? um, So Mm -hmm. things like this can be aware, uh, can be acknowledged. But I mean, like, even comes down to, like, why don't, like, teaching how people how to use Narcan,
0: yes it's a big thing it's such a big thing, a big thing it, everyone needs to know because
1: if you carried I have one in my apartment mm-hmm. and if you carried one Narcan yeah and you saw someone on the street and they showed signs of an overdose mm-hmm. you could simply save their life right mm-hmm. there and then
0: from a nasal
1: it, from a nasal yeah a spray a, a nasal spray a quick um, like wait, like if you were to use mm-hmm. Flonase like if you had like, yeah. a, like seasonal allergies it's the same thing yeah And, like, that could save a person's life right Mm -hmm. then and there. And people don't recognize that. So I'd love to, like, see those changes happen and really be enforced because, well, one, we're we're changing people's lives. Yeah. I think that's something that
0: we really want to, that I would really want to just focus on. I hope that others will, too. Mm -hmm. I see that a lot in our youth now, Mm -hmm. especially once we grow up in low-income neighborhoods. And we just, we see so vividly, because it's affecting us. It's affecting our family members. Yeah. And we just want change. Like, that's that's our biggest factor into going into the fields that, like, not even medicine, like, any field. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why we go into these fields, right? Mm-hmm. Narcan. If anyone doesn't know what Narcan is, it's a nasal spray. If someone overdoses, correct me if I'm wrong, because I've, I've been to one lecture about this. Um, you basically, like, tilt their head a little back, watch a YouTube video. I'm sure there's some about that. Um, and you spray a nasal spray into their nose, and it, the, it reverses the effect yes. of an overdose, correct? Yes,
1: it will reverse the effect of the overdose by, let me, I'm pretty sure it, let me get back, let me think yeah. about how that works, because it basically affects the inhibitors mm-hmm. in the neurons that will allow, because the, okay, mm-hmm. so basically the the drug is currently attached to the inhibitors, yeah. and the there's no other sensory um enzymes that could attach your Mm. neurons so basically the the narcan will remove those um opiates from the inhibitors and that will then restart everything which will increase your heart rate so you can start breathing and like immediately go back it's instantly right it's super fast yeah people
0: will get the reaction within like 10 to 15 seconds it'll it'll save someone's lives and I when I went to I went something through my fraternity the the medical fraternity they taught us how to use it they said you can get it for free at hospitals yes so like you walk in you're like hey yeah like I would like to get Narcan you
1: could most pharmacies also could have it as well um our pharmacy definitely has Narcan Mm -hmm. um but those are typically prescribed and it's Mm -hmm. for those who are are known for using though yeah um so it's a little bit different um but yeah when you go to like specific shelters they might also have it it's Mm -hmm. it it has become accessible i believe there is Mm -hmm. um an organization within the chicagoland area that will actually send you packets of narcan um but also it'll be like a small little kit that basically Mm. gives you alcohol swabs a um like a protective uh shield, so if mm-hmm. you were to give CPR, it doesn't have any cross contam, like yeah. you know, cross contamination with mm-hmm. any um, bodily fu- fluids. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, like it comes down to right there, just like understanding, but mm-hmm. also just the accessibility to that is starting to emerge
0: mm-hmm. um, because of the awareness of it. Yeah, I'm so glad you talked about that because I haven't thought about that in a while. Narcan is literally so important. Why don't we have it in like colleges? So. It, interesting um, we
1: do but we also don't yeah um, you know it really depends on per university mm-hmm. and I mean we do come from you know
0: yeah
1: um, <laughs> I won't yeah. say that fully out loud but I mean there is someone trying to get that actually mm-hmm. set in stone where Narcan can be on our campus mm-hmm. but also fentanyl mm-hmm. test strips that yep. tests for drug for, for any for any drug mishaps so I mean um, I would really like to say that there are students on this campus that are currently doing that as we speak Really? so you might be able to see it by the time you graduate hopefully um, I'm not I can't promise but yeah
0: we'll see that's great their argument towards like not having the the fentanyl test strips Mm -hmm. is that it's gonna promote people doing drugs Right. It's gonna promote people to doing drugs. If they can test their thing if they can test their drugs, if they're gonna use the drugs. But in my head, my argument is if they're gonna do drugs, why not at least make it so that it's they're safe. not gonna die. Yeah. So that they're not gonna die from fentanyl.
1: It's it's a safe way. Like, yeah, like we, we really have to we do have the stigma about using drugs yeah. within our within society, but we also have to make sure that there's a stigma about being safe about it yeah um and like we especially if it's not from a place that is like certified yeah um you do have to be careful and like have to be realistic about any worries or harms that might come in your way Mm -hmm. so like I wish it was something that people took an acknowledgement about because Mm
0: -hmm. at the end of the day it literally could save save people's lives Yeah, save people's lives I'm not promoting drugs guys just Yeah, we're, we're not promoting drugs. <laughs> Don't do that. We're, but we're informing you guys yeah. of the reality in the world that we yeah, live in like, right now. Because it's
1: yeah. it's a real thing. Yeah. Talking about, well, like the pharmaceutical side mm-hmm. coming into a world of like unregulated yeah. um drugs as well because yeah, things are regulated through the FDA, mm-hmm. through the pharmaceutical companies, but I mean a lot of those medications that are regulated become unregulated because mm-hmm. there are people who are dispensing medications that
0: yeah.
1: are just doing it because they're being asked to. Well, yeah. what what's the significance behind it? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that, like, you know, like, X, Y, and Z are bad yeah. and that they shouldn't exist. I'm just saying that um, people misuse, and we have to
0: understand that. Um, so, yeah so you talked a little bit earlier about like the opioid crisis um how it started with um doctors just like giving it out being Mm -hmm. like okay you have pain here's this Mm -hmm. what do you think is a good way for us to make change with that
1: that's hard because like it also also it also comes down to like many perspectives of like healthcare Mm -hmm. workers because like when we talk about therapeutic ways of relieving pain, mm-hmm. um, people may might not consider that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, that's not always working for everyone. Mm-hmm. So it also comes down to having, like, combination therapies that allow both a a low dose, mm-hmm. um, but also, like, something that could be really healthy that means, like, what, um, like, your breathing exercises, mm-hmm. something that is aerobic, just, yeah. like, helping the body move and circulate. And it, it really can go far away because your health you know a patient's health mm-hmm. comes holistically yeah um i mean when we really think about holistic healthcare, care like it it's not just about the medical procedures mm-hmm. or the, the drugs it also comes well how about the mental health of the patient yes, how about the physical health? yes so like we we really need to like recognize that and like yeah. i think that's how we do how we start the change yeah. is because um if a person is willing to they could also give they could definitely give it a go yeah. Um, and there's so many different ways and opportunities to mm-hmm. approach um, helping with or helping or yeah. helping with, um, you know, pain. Mm-hmm. So
0: My father had a heart attack about my freshman year. Mm-hmm. So was that like a, over a year ago? Um, and he had a stint placed inside of his throat. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they remove it. They put it back in every now and then. They remove it. He does these breathing treatments to stay off the stint. Mm -hmm. to like help him with it and I think I was thinking about it and I was like these doctors must be real nice like they're like working with you they're using breathing treatments with you he goes in to do breathing treatment he does them at home just so that they don't have to keep doing the procedure as Mm -hmm. or like as um harmful to his body because every time they do this procedure it's going to take a toll on him right yeah and I think about that and I'm like like these doctors and it's a it's a hospital in a low-income neighborhood Mm -hmm. and I'm like this is this is really great and I think about, like, who are these doctors? You know, who are these doctors, like, helping my father? And then I think about, like, us, like, going into medicine and being yeah. like, oh, my God, we're going to do that for someone, you know, someone's father. And that really brings peace to me, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because I, I was like, oh, my God, yeah. that was my dad. Um, okay, so getting off drugs next. <laughs> <laughs> Hope y'all enjoyed that little educational. Um, you have been a peer mentor for three years. Yes, kind of crazy. And you have been a lead peer mentor for two of those three years. Yes, yes. To think that you were a lead peer mentor the second year you came Mm -hmm. in—that is kind of rapid. Because in my head, a lead peer mentor it does a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the peer mentors do a lot, period. But the lead is like, like you—you're really doing a lot here. How was that switch from being a peer mentor to a lead peer mentor? It's kind of crazy because
1: when you really think about it, I was a peer, a lead peer mentor the first time while being online. Yep. So that whole entire transition was a different. So we'll even talk about that lead peer mentor being online into in-person. That's even a whole different story. <laughs> um, or no, it was a peer mentor being online and then transitioning. To a lead, lead peer, peer mentor. mentor yep. In-person, sorry. Oh, wow, wow, time's gone really <laughs> Far, because like I don't remember the time here um but like I mean like even transitioning to that like I mean like here's the thing like I started off in ACE as actually an ACE ambassador mm-hmm. um it was a position that was created to really help with community like mm-hmm. uh help with the uh with the ACE community and bring it ev- everyone together mm-hmm. um so whoever is hearing this you might you might remember <laughs> um so I mean like that really like helped me progress into, like, leading into ACE, um, Mm -hmm. and helping become a peer mentor. Yeah. But I think the little things about being a peer mentor online, and being really strategical about how to, um, help everyone, Mm -hmm. and, like, also just, like, understanding, like, the things behind, um, what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Like, I was able to kind of, like, look into the job, um, I'm forgetting who is Rakia and Afrata, mm-hmm. Looking like about how they approached their job, and it, mm-hmm. that that was like a big game changer because mm-hmm. like um, I wanted to continue on like what they had, but also like make it like mine, yeah, like a little twist. Because like regardless, matter of fact, whoever are the leads next year, mm-hmm. there's always going to be improvement, and there's always gonna be great, big, wonderful ideas, yeah. And that's how I viewed it. That like man, like if I if I get this, yeah. I'm going to, well, keep on the tradition, yeah. but make it a little bit of a, like, a little pinch of my, like yes. my ideas. And that really did happen, um, mm-hmm. just, like, changing things, like, mm-hmm. formatting, but, you know, really just, like, stepping up the leadership because that changed about, that changed how I perceived myself working into, like, different communities mm-hmm. um, and how I, like, could help and benefit those as well. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. That's it's really great. I love the work that you guys do ace wouldn't be anything and it would, ace would be nothing without the mentors first I off know. ace would be nothing without michelle with Michelle, oh my <laughs> god michelle we love
1: michelle. you michelle
0: we love you michelle but so this year you are um this is your second year being a lead admin peer mentor and this is also the first year that we have a different kind of setup with the mentors mm-hmm. where we have program peer mentors and we also have it's program and then lead, lead administration right? lead administration and then we also have lead programming lead programming yeah which is it's i i think it's working well mm-hmm. i really like it um but so it's you ty which if y'all didn't listen to his podcast listen to it after yes. here and chris hernandez correct yeah for our for our admin leads for admin leads, and then programming leads is fatima and chris Chris r yeah and then we also have taylor and ethan taylor ethan and selena and selena
1: being peer mentors Peer mentor um i will say that was a big learning curve Mm -hmm. and understanding about like what we needed to do as people but uh, as well just like how to function in like this different setting because we've always seen two lead peer mentors yeah so here we are having uh, like a th- like a five, but doing like separate work, and yeah. that, that was like an interesting. Um, that was an interesting time where we had to learn about well, yeah. what what do we need to um, figure out, and like mm-hmm. what do we need to set in stone. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: just the switch. Yeah, it was it was kind of hard. Yeah, that's you know, that's how it's was
1: gonna be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like it was smooth yeah. though, and we we
0: mm-hmm. we all I, I feel like we well, all enjoyed it. coming from job. the outside, I didn't see anything crazy. Okay, I was like. Okay. Well, in my head, you guys were always like all like big dogs, you know? Okay. So I was like, okay, you know? Um, what has been your favorite part about Ace, like in general as a whole? Man, I.
1: That's such a hard question because I have so many favorite memories. I think I'm going to list off, I think, two memories here. Mm-hmm it was the first time so this goes back to shout out to ty this is our mm-hmm. first time to doing our cooking show online mm-hmm. i think that was one of the most memorable times just mm-hmm. because we were doing something like out of the ordinary yeah. and we we're cooking like red bell pepper stuff red stuffed bell peppers and that was like a really good recipe yes. first of all um that will be in the cookbook okay um, but yeah no that why i say that memory is because like that was a point where that was the type of programming I've never done before where it was so one-on-one and so personal mm-hmm. and I remember who was online and everyone was watching us cook and it was just so weird and like I remember like us like debriefing afterwards and like talking about like do we do good did <laughs> like and like all this and that but then like we got to enjoy our food and like really realize about like just like how much of a community we've created mm-hmm. from here and on and like also having Chris Rodriguez like be part of like this cooking show that we've developed and it's been such a great time Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, another memory that really just like gets to me is probably last year's retreat fall retreat Mm -hmm. I think it's it's just memorable because it's seeing a lot of the seniors that we are the upperclassmen that yeah. we didn't see, and now that we're in person, we, we get to see them and experience them, like, growing up and, like, mm-hmm. being, you know, growing yeah. into adults that, you know, that retreat really revived kind of the friendships mm-hmm. that we had to put on pause, especially for those who um, were upperclassmen mm-hmm. and, like, got to come see each other in, like, this retreat that was just one of the most, it was just one of the most, like, crazy experiences where... W- it was, I don't want to explain it, because Mm. that memory will always stick with me, seeing, I will say, if Jesus listens to this, seeing Jesus talk about his speech, and, Mm. like, you know, us sitting down, and just talking about what's going on in life, and, like, just being real, Mm -hmm. I think that's just, like, something that
0: always, always touched my heart, I mean, that goes to all ace retreats, though. Yeah, that was my first ace retreat, Mm -hmm. as a freshman, which was, oh my god, like, That was the retreat. Mm-hmm. We're going on our next retreat next weekend. Next weekend. Next weekend. Crazy. Last retreat, Japani. I know. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be emotional.
1: It's going to be crazy because, like, it's it's a full circle. Mm-hmm. Because originally we were supposed to go somewhere else, but... Yeah. And here we are back at Lurac.
0: For, I think For, like, six of us
1: who are, like, going to graduate, like, that's a full circle for us. And yeah. we're going to be... It's going
0: to hit different. This year's going to be... When you guys graduate, like, obviously, last year when we lost Jesus, well, we didn't lose him. Oh, <laughs> but, gosh. like, in my head, like, we lost Jesus. <laughs> when Jesus no. graduated, yeah. that was, like,
1: okay, uh, I was, like, we oh, also, this is sad. I mean, we, okay, also, we lost our intern,
0: Chris Flores. Yes, oh Chris Flores, the intern. The way I literally thought that was a position, <laughs> I thought it was a position, and I was, like, oh, yeah, he's an intern. Y'all are fighting for that position. It's Wesley it's, it's Wesley and Salma. But well, they're fighting against each other for that position. But Salma has um, STP interns, so she's technically, like, an actual intern. intern. Wesley can be the fake one. Oh. But I tried to convince the freshmen this semester, mm-hmm. that, or last semester, that Wesley was, like, an actual intern. Like, you guys convinced us. They did not believe it. Oh. <laughs> they did not fall for it. I was like, dang. Um, what were we talking about? Retreat. Yeah. Last retreat. I'm, I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. So last my last year's retreat was like saying goodbye to jesus saying goodbye to chris and it was like oh i'm gonna miss them but now there's six of you guys graduating i know i I don't know if we can do that it's heavy it's gonna be a heavy heavy i i'm ready let's give it our all let's give it our one last i know like it's gonna i say this like it's my last one
1: (laughs) like i mean like here's the thing like this retreat we're gonna we're gonna put our like souls into our blood sweat and tears that yeah like we've been busy as Mm. seniors and senior year is hard I feel like I'm starting off with like the MCAT's hard like you know that (laughs) you know that ad like I feel like I'm starting off yes that that ad it's like
0: the MCAT's hard Hard. yeah (laughs) but like
1: senior year is hard and like we're we're so busy but Mm. like it's so gratifying to see everyone like smile and laugh and Mm -hmm. get to know each other and that's one of the best parts also also about being an ACE is because and being a peer mentor is creating that community that we don't see those community communities on Loyola's campus yeah Uh, I think that's one of the biggest things is that our program like ACE itself is a community and a program Mm -hmm. that is so close-knit and cannot be comparable to any I think, to any program on this campus. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a different
0: level, and, like, these retreats bring all of us together. Mm-hmm. It's – we really are so close. It, it When people ask me, like, what has my college experience been like, I'm immediately just thinking of ACE. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking of, like, other people that I've met. I'm not thinking of any other groups that I've tried to been a part of. Like, I literally think of ACE, and I think that's something that I want – all of Loyola to know, mm-hmm. all other Loyola programs to know that when I say that I'm an ACE, like I'm letting you know because I'm proud and because I want I want everyone to know that I'm an ACE and I want everyone to know like what ACE is, what ACE does for students because a lot of us wouldn't be here, mm-hmm. a lot of us like I wouldn't still be at Loyola if it wasn't for ACE and the yeah. people and the connections that I made, and I find that that's a a commonality between a lot of people here, at ACE. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you work at Loyola and you're listening to this, number one, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Number two. Mm-hmm. I want you to know how special ACE is to us, because if we didn't have ACE, we wouldn't be the people that we are right now. Preach on that. So true. (laughs) Hashtag true. Um, So ACE has been an amazing experience for you then, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It has been an amazing experience for me too, so far. Yes. I'm only my sophomore year. Oh, you got two more years. (laughs) I wanted to ask you what you wanted to see. So next, obviously at the end of this semester, we're going to be hiring a lot of peer mentors. Mm -hmm. We're going to need to make up for all of y'all. So what do you want to see in this new group of peer mentors? What do you want to see out of Taylor and Ethan? Like what big roles do you guys want to see out of them?
1: Well, I mean like just in general, like to see a team be built kind of the same, like similar, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like aspects that we've had as a team, like from yeah. from what, like from being a peer mon- lead last year into mm-hmm. this year, just like the community and like growing mm-hmm. together yeah cue cue the stp
0: right there (laughs) growing
1: together yeah just growing together because like i mean we ended up like coming back from the pandemic Mm -hmm. and like seeing each other blossom into like different people because like the pandemic definitely changed a lot of us i mean we were like inside our house robots like hermits and robots (laughs) so when we finally got to like experience the world again yeah i mean like that changed Mm -hmm. all of us and like I'm hoping to see that connectivity Mm -hmm. um, with the next year's team and just like seeing bright new ideas and like you know whether it be starting up something new Mm -hmm. but or start or starting up
0: something again Mm -hmm. would be beautiful to see. I definitely can see that in our next group of leaders and I'm I'm so excited because I feel like it's going to be like Taylor and Ethan obviously and they're gonna, they're, ready. they're ready. Like I feel like they're ready to just take this and keep running with it. All mm-hmm. the work that you guys have done and I feel like this fresh new group of mentors is going to be excited mm-hmm. cuz I definitely see that in our in our sophomore class and in a lot of the freshmen yep. which makes me so happy and proud. It's it's beautiful to see
1: everyone so excited for these job positions because yes. they've seen us work so hard that uh, this image has been like created onto them yeah. that like you create wholesome friendships with mm-hmm. your mentees, but not just that like just a real bond towards the program itself and like understanding like the mechanics of like mm-hmm. working and like being responsible and mm-hmm. like taking accountability administration
0: like this, and, yeah Yeah, yeah I totally definitely understand mm-hmm. um, so. You are VSA president. Yes. How has that been? What is that? What's that organization here? What does that mean to you? Yes. All these questions. (laughs) So
1: VSA is the Vietnamese Student Association, and um, it is a cultural-based organization on campus that represents the Vietnamese community here at Loyola, but is open, I emphasize, it is open to everyone on campus. You don't need to be Vietnamese for it. We encourage um other students uh within the community to come by to our events and
0: mm-hmm.
1: learn about Vietnamese culture mm-hmm. but also have fun with us and so this this is my second term being president mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of crazy because we we also do like host like these big events that mm-hmm. we try to gather the student body to learn about let's say mid-autumn lunar we always i mean cute um we do have karaoke night coming up yes so i put in the plug it'll be somewhere in march um but just like those small little activities that like mm-hmm. engage with the student body which we also have something we call ace as well but it's not ace it's not achieving <laughs> college excellence we call it nta It's say a uh, little li- uh, big sister big brother little yeah. kind of family that we create to also develop the mm-hmm. um Friendships and also mentoring our mm-hmm. students as well. Um, so we, like, hang out with each other and get to know who we, you know, who we are as individuals, but also, like, understanding those, like, maybe, mm-hmm. like, immigrant struggles and, yeah. like, coming, maybe being an international student mm-hmm. and, like, learning a new community, learning a new language, and, like, not being afraid that there are people here to support one another. Mm-hmm. So that's something that our organization really like encourages yeah so yeah do you think that big cultural groups like this here at Loyola are important and necessary yes yeah. I will I will do 500 <laughs> jumping jacks and I'll yeah. say that is one of the biggest things on campus mm-hmm. because without the organiz- uh cultural organizations on this campus mm-hmm. we wouldn't well one we wouldn't be as diverse but two mm-hmm. we wouldn't have a community mm-hmm. with such enthusiasm to teach about their own community yeah. and to also be inclusive and talk about you know the diversity that mm-hmm. embodies us especially in the chicagoland area which mm-hmm. i mean we're we're a whole melting pot here yeah so we have to be realistic towards um having these or, um cultural organizations that uh benefit
0: mm-hmm. our capability of understanding other communities i definitely think cultural like groups here at literally is so important mm-hmm. and also like not even just cultural like Having a group here at Loyola doesn't matter what it is mm-hmm. if you see a lack in diversity in it like immediately in my head I'm like okay why is why is there not diversity in this group you know yeah and it it's so mind-boggling how we can live in a city that is just so diverse like I see the diversity mm-hmm. everyone does but in our classrooms I don't know if you experience this but I look around and it's not diverse in our classrooms. Yeah, I get what you mean. I came here to Loyola because they said it was diverse. Mm -hmm. And when I look around sometimes, it does not feel that way.
1: No, I I get what you mean, though. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think the true reality is that sometimes I do feel alone in my classes, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it be, well, you know, the students of color within Mm -hmm. a class, but also just, like, sometimes the female to male ratio. There are some classes here that... There are more guys than yeah. girls, and like you do sometimes feel alone, mm. but I mean that 's why we have Ace as a community, yeah, but that 's also why we have um, cultural orgs on this campus mm. as well. Um, you know this it kind of brings out the fact that like we have our own identities mm-hmm. and that that makes us who we are,, yeah. and we shouldn 't be afraid of that and we we create our own. Mm. Purpose, our own dreams, and yeah. it takes a lot to learn who, about who we are, mm-hmm. but it also takes a lot to learn about what makes us comfortable.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's why it's really important right there, being comfortable and, like, being 100% you, mm-hmm. um, whether it be with someone else of a different culture, even, like, people that have different cultures, you can still, like, find these, like, little things, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's always so important. I think that that's really why I love Ace, because these people – as different as we are we are so similar, similar in our struggles yes and it's it's so real like mm-hmm. to be, have each other so you are also part of SGLC, your associate equity diversity and inclusion officer so dei I, or id well EDI? we do i i'll
1: just say uh dei officer or yeah. A, adio which is like a whole mouthful of vowels <laughs> and English yes. is not my first language so every single time I'm approached and someone asks me I will literally be like uh uh I'll, I'll start freaking out like I say D-E-I
0: D-E-I yeah. D-E-I yeah D-E-I that's what I've heard the most mm-hmm. so with that position what is the group and what do you do?
1: So student government on campus is a student organization that creates initiatives on um, you know, is in full contact, basically full contact Mm -hmm. with loyal administration to create change. It is, Mm -hmm. the students in student government are one of the most hardworking people, Mm -hmm. because they take their time and their Mm -hmm. willpower to talk with loyal administration to make things Mm -hmm. happen, Um, because it all starts in one place, and if a student feels like they need a voice Mm -hmm. to say what they're feeling, what they need, Mm -hmm. student government is there. And they're gonna try to do something for for the student body. And my position itself primarily focuses on DEI Mm -hmm. initiatives and issues on campus. And um, uh, my big project for this incoming semester is to uh, really talk about, or to sit down in this case, well, first of all, students of color and talk about what do you need on this campus how do you feel like you need to be represented yeah how do you feel like you want to be seen um, and, and finally just in general how how do you how what does safety mean to you mm-hmm. because we also want to create safe spaces on this campus yeah um, but you know also going down to mm-hmm. students that may have disabilities students who are low-income mm-hmm. first-generation kind of getting all those groups and that's my project this semester um, is collecting information so there is um, information to be given to a loyal administration, but also initiatives that could be made by student senators.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, diversity, equity, and inclusion is something that I'm really passionate about, and just something that it's just we need change, and you know, and having voices um, that are listening to you, which mm-hmm. is a big idea, is a big theme yeah. that I'm seeing in our youth today, especially youth in medicine, just being like wanting to be heard, mm-hmm. you know. And student government sounds like you have to be so brave.
1: <laughs> it's it's a lot of public speaking. Yes. And sometimes I still freak out about public speaking. Yeah. So, like, anyone here, like, don't worry. Like, I've done my fair deal of yeah. public speaking, and I still get afraid. Yeah. Because it's always a different type of audience, and mm-hmm. you have to gauge, like, what they want. But, like, it's hard to gauge sometimes, and you kind of freeze up. But mm-hmm. it's perfectly
0: fine. That's good. That is crazy. Yeah. Like, this, in my head, I'm like, you are a, a person that's going up to going up to Loyola, like, the people, and being like, hey, we need this. And it's like, I would be freaking out. Those are
1: pretty intense conversations. I mean, yeah. we, we have to go in those meetings as business professional yeah. as possible. And, like, you know, it co- all comes down about how to converse and, like, mm-hmm. We are not exactly taught that, but there are like specific guidelines that yeah. like, you know we kind of have to follow. But uh, it, everything's a learning curve, and I think a lot of Loyola administration has become more approachable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, as I mean, Loyola does have high turnover. That is one thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, with this turnover, some people who have stayed throughout, they've seen the voices of the student body, mm-hmm. and they do actually care. It's just getting things rolling. Can is the first part that gets that
0: is just really hard. Yeah. So this podcast is gonna be here forever. Yeah. I'm posting it, and I don't know how to delete it. So okay, it's gonna be there forever. <laughs> yeah. So say a few words. Say your message to the people. Give some advice. What do you want to say? You're gonna when you are grown old and retired, you're going to listen back to this, and what do you want to hear you say? Without getting emotional, I won't cry. There's someone here who said this to me,
1: and it really it really did touch my heart, because I think I just needed that, but I, I know most likely they're going to hear this, Yeah. but um, we all have our own paths, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter how long it takes us mm-hmm. to go to where we want to be, and that shouldn't... That shouldn't you know worry any of us,
0: yeah,
1: um, because we all have our own story,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that story doesn't have a timeline,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's one of the things that like I think I've learned throughout yeah. my senior year mm-hmm. is that although things are not predictable, mm-hmm. things happen, yeah, and we learn, we grow from it, but whatever happens, no matter what. We're all going to be somewhere, somewhere out in this distant (laughs) void. And we're going to be happy with who we are. Mm -hmm. So to the people out there, don't worry if you're feeling like you're falling behind or you're a little too ahead and you feel like people aren't catching up to you. But
0: know that you have your own story. You have your own path. This is your path. This is your path. The timeline that you made when you were graduating high school is not going to stay the same. It's not going to stay the same. (laughs) It's not going to stay the same. You're going to change your major a couple times. Yeah. Add a few minors and then realize it's too much and then take the minors off. And then do
1: a few jobs and you're like, oh, God, I don't like this. I hate this. And then you're going to change a few more times and then you're going to find the perfect sweet spot. Mm -hmm. And it takes time. It doesn't matter how old you are. You... You eventually figure out what you love Mm -hmm. and what your passion is for and you don't need to define that right then and now and that's Mm -hmm. something that I feel like I wish is told to us
0: yeah but you know we are the generation to tell the next generation
1: generation, we are the next generation to tell our own kids yeah if you don't have kids
0: then I mean tell your nieces and nephews nephews. (laughs) yeah but yes Thank you, Japani, for being on this. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Yes. Um, If you want to be on the podcast, guys, like, as Ty said, it's chill. It's really chill. It's It's so chill. chill. It's so nice. It's like you're just talking to me. It's it's also impromptu. So, like, if you are good
1: for a casual conversation about these topics, you could definitely do it. So,
0: if you have something to talk about, even if you don't have something to talk about, you want to just sit and chat, hit me up, DM The Ace Instagram. Follow Loyola Ace. Follow Loyola Ace TikTok. We make some pretty hilarious TikToks on there. Just posted two today. So go like those. I posted two. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Send this podcast to your ma. Send it to your pa. Send it to your brother, your sister. Send it to your professors. Because we need more of Loyola to hear our voices here in Ace. Um, And Yeah. Thank you, Japani. Thank you, Erica. I'll see y'all in the lounge. Yeah, see y'all. Bye-bye.